Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper in prayer? Did you know I'm reaching millions of people every month through the power of prayer on social media? You can join me for daily corporate prophetic prayer sessions as I press into what the Lord is saying and release words of knowledge, prophecy, counsel, and teaching. Join online Mornings with the Holy Spirit prayer calls, facebook.com slash Jennifer LeClaire, Periscope at Prophetic Books. These calls are bringing transformation to people in the nations around the world. Mornings with the Holy Spirit, Facebook, Periscope, 6 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, or catch the replay. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. We want to welcome you. We want to welcome you as we talk to all of those that are viewing and those that will view um, how to write a book in record-breaking time. We know that so many people want to be authors and they're sitting, they have writer's block, but they haven't written one word. And they're really trying to figure out how do you do this thing called becoming an author? So we welcome you, Ms. Javon Bolden. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here and finally uh, breaking through into the streaming world here and uh, sharing this time with you. I'm really excited. Listen, I feel I feel like I'm a technological expert. Oh, and yeah. right now, what? and especially since we've been quarantined and sequestered, yeah. there's a whole lot of skills that we're going to learn. And some skills have these steep learning curves, like being an author. And so tell us how you started your journey. So, um, so I, right now I'm working, um, as uh, the CEO uh, for Embolden Media Group. I'm a literary agent, an editor, and a writer. So I also help authors write their books if I need to do some ghostwriting or collaborative writing. And so I do all of that, as well as writing, coaching, and so forth under um, my company, Embolden Media Group. And I also got it so good, I've been um, doing some consulting, too, for publishers and others as they're uh, working to diversify, uh, do some ethnic and uh, multi- uh, ethnic uh, diversification. And so I just had the opportunity to do that. But I started with a degree in English, really, um, and just uh, began to try to figure out, well, what do I do with this? I absolutely loved English from a child. I've been writing most of my life, writing and reading, actually, Um, in in a different way than just going to school and doing it, but really just finding a passion in, in words and in books, the library, Um, And so during um, that time in college, I tried to figure out what do I do? And by the time I was graduating, I started to apply for positions 
uh, entry-level positions, like for as a copywriter, a copy editor. And um, uh, in that process, I was hired as a copy editor for in, uh, for Charisma House book group. And that's how you and I uh, got connected. Um, uh, after some time of training and, and just really grinding the first few years, um, I was moved into the position of developmental editor. And that's about the time I believe that you and I, I think that must have been 2007 or so, um, that you and I actually worked on rules of engagement. We uh, brought that book out again. I think you had had it as three little books previously, and we made it one big book. Um, So that was exciting. And uh, just since then, you know, just had wonderful supervisors and and, uh, people just, you know, there to to teach me and to train me, to help me. And um, before uh, leaving, I spent 12 years there. And as I was uh, moving on, I was senior acquisitions editor who was leading the acquisitions for um, uh, Charisma House's uh, integrative health uh, imprint called Salome. Um, But as I uh, was growing, I wanted to do some new things, and I reached out and applied for a position at uh, Scholastic as a senior editor for one of their children's nonfiction imprints. And so from there, you know, um, there was just such a demand still from my work uh, with uh, adult Christian nonfiction that I ended up having to answer the call. And that's when I turned in my notice at Scholastic and said, I'm going to go ahead and launch into my own thing with Emboldened Media Group. And uh, since then, it's just been really uh, a, a wonderful, challenging experience being an entrepreneur. Um, but it's just just been absolutely wonderful so that I can be able to serve authors without being limited on the work I can do and what I can say and how I can advise. Mm-hmm. So it's been really great. Yeah. It's a steep learning curve, isn't it? When it, when it comes to being an author and then moving from just writing or editing into what you do. Um, it's fantastic. I talk about being a triple dr- threat, but you're <laughs> a quadruple threat, yes, right? You. You, you know, and um, you represent the authors, of, yes. of course, mm-hmm. and you do so much. All right. So, uh, I always say great, great um, writers or great authors are great readers. Yeah. So yeah. What, what book are you reading now? Well, wow. so um, I'm actually in the middle of reading a book called The Color of Compromise by Jamar Tisby. Um, and mm-hmm. that's actually looking at the church's history with racism. So that's really helping me actually inform some of the uh, consulting that I'm doing as far as when it comes to Christian publishing, uh, amplifying more voices of color. So, you know, it's given me some background and it's not an easy text to read as far as just seeing, you know, how uh, infallible people are trying to represent um, of course, God and, and the gospel. And we're working through so many issues as a body of Christ. But um, that book is really excellent. I'm enjoying it right now. And there's been many others, of course, that I'm reading. But that's that actually is the one that's open right now. Hello. So let's do some, uh, I call them rapid fire questions. Oh, wow. Uh, so that people can know you just a little bit more. Okay. So favorite, favorite author. Whoa, that's hard. Um Ooh. Give me two or three. Okay. So as far as what I just like to read, like guilty pleasure, um, honestly, Dan Brown, he writes, oh. 
Love Dan Brown. He his most recent book is called Origin. He wrote um, the Da Vinci Code. I know it was so controversial, but I absolutely love this, the the pace of it, the intellectual part of it, the historical part of it, the symbolism. Um, another one I like to read is um, Chimamanda uh, mm-hmm. Gozi and Dechi. I love her book Americana. That was a wonderful read. I also loved um, Purple Hibiscus by her. It was absolutely wonderful. So I, I really kind of like those kind of things. Yeah. 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 They're, these are creative writers. So, yes. and they're edgy. They, yes, they, they, are. Are they are. Favorite color. Oh, white. Any, any shade of white across the spectrum of white. I love white. Wow. That was a quick answer. Mm-hmm. All right. Favorite cuisine. Oh, oh, I'm just going to have, I think, I, I think, oh, that's hard. I, I'll say Mexican. I'll say Mexican. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like food. And uh, your dream vacation. Where, uh, where is that destination? Any beach. I love the beach. So as, if, as wow. long as I'm close to water, oceanfront, something or other, that's, that's all I need. It could be anywhere, where, anywhere in the world. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there you are. There you have it. And it just so happens that she's born on my same birthday. Yes. So let me ask you your favorite time of the year. Oh, the, when is that? Oh, the summer. I love the sun. I love the heat. I live in Florida. So I'm <laughs> just inundated with sun and tropical beauty all the time. So absolutely the summer. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> so let, let's talk about your journey um, to where you are right now mm-hmm. um, as a writer, as an author. Mm. Talk to us about that. Wow. I did not ever expect to be an author. Um, I really resonated with something you said uh, in your first broadcast on this topic. You were saying how the demand of your speaking and how you were wanting to make information available to people on a wider scale in a way that they could access it when you're not speaking, you know, and where you can tell them more, um, you know, more than what you're able to tell in one conference or one, you know, speaking engagement. And so it turned out that, you know, over the course of my experience as an editor working with some content, it can be very challenging. Editors will, uh, if any editor is watching, they will understand what I mean. Sometimes working with content, working with the author's content, especially when we're under deadline or we have multiple, usually we're working on multiple projects at a time, it can get really challenging. And there were seasons where I was working on some very challenging edits and, um, And I would, you know, be at a loss as to what to do. And for me, I started to actually incorporate prayer and fasting in my process of Mm -hmm. working with author's content. And so for me, developing some of these things, thinking through some living experiences, living some of the challenges led me to write the books that I did. Um, I really did not ever, I still have a hard time. I've written four books for authors to help support writers. And uh, it's still difficult even for me to say that I'm an author. I, I, you know, still working through that, but I did, I have authored four books because of just wanting to have information available for authors and, you know, to help lighten, like you said, to help, if I can help, um, uh, uh, flatten the curve for them a little bit based on the large curve that I had, I want to be able to do that. 
Wonderful, wonderful. We have so many people online. I want to give a shout out to Ms. Ruby Smith, all the way from Bermuda, Levi Harrell, um, that's here, Jacqueline uh, Woodsworth. Woodsworth. Yeah. Wordsworth. Wordsworth. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wordsworth. That's really great. Um, Yana King, Danette Webb, and Jolene. I want to give a shout out to those. Um, Jeanette, also uh, Bachner. And there are so many people that are online, but I, I just wanted to give a shout out to them. A lot of questions are coming in. So I want to take these questions. The, one of the first ones, how did you get started in book publishing, editing, writing, and now a literary agent? You've already asked, answered that question. Mm -hmm. But uh, here's the next question. How long have you been in the industry? So I started um, uh, started in 2003 um, and have been working ever since. So about a little over 16 years, a little over 16 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, how do you see the world of publishing evolving in the next two decades? Wow, that's a big question. Um, publishing is sort of like evolving even as we speak. So that's a, that's a little bit difficult for me to answer. Um, but I can, you know, even as we're looking at um, how we're changing day by day, um, some things are just going to stay the same. The needs of people, you know, we're always going to need to be seen and feel like we're um, a part of something bigger. Um, there's some things as far as trends to what we're writing and publishing are not going to change. Um, but maybe how we how we get the message out to our readers is changing even now. Publishers don't have the same reach that they had before. Now it's the author who has the direct reach with their readers. And more and more publishers are depending on authors to bring in the engagement, bring in the sales and, and, and um, uh, marketing and promotion because they have a pulse on their target readers. So that's, I mean, that's such a big question. We've seen changes Obviously, with technology, um, you know, we, we've got our iPads and tablets and phones and different things we're looking at. Audiobooks are growing. Um, but it seems, you know, just from what the trends are saying, books, as far as print books, are going to be something that we just have, you know, we just love. We cherish print books. It's hard for us to let those go. Some of, of course, I know um, you probably travel. Well, you do travel so much. A lot of people travel a lot. They use their tablets and things like that just to have all of their books with them. But um, for the most part, that trend, it, it, it ebooks took off for a minute and just went crazy. But it literally is starting to flat, flatten out a little bit to where print book sales are, are still soaring. So, yeah, that's that's kind of how I can. Answer. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. To determine because it's changed yeah. so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's another question. What are some common pitfalls new authors face? Okay. Um, I'm going to, let's see. So a lot of times people feel like, yes, I want to write, but I don't know exactly where to start. Um, so some of the pitfalls can fall into not doing the research that you need to do to see yes. where the need is and how you can meet it. Um, another pitfall comes where authors want to write from here 
and from their heart, from um, what they feel they want people to know versus giving people what they need, what their heart is crying for, what they're desiring. Um, a lot of times when I'm even doing, you know, um, when I'm looking at queries as an agent or when I'm when I was an acquisitions editor, a lot of times authors would say, well, this is what I feel God told me to do. And um, but it's almost like, well, what do your readers need? You know, because really, at the end of the day, if you're writing a book, you're writing it and you want to publish it, you're writing it for someone. So it's very important for you to kind of get to for new authors to stay connected with people's felt need versus what you say, I want them to know. Um, The other thing that can happen is you can be writing in a vacuum where you're not uh, building a platform while you're writing. So by the time you're getting ready to release your book and sell your book, you don't have an audience and the book will not go where you want it to go. It won't sell. So it's very important, even during the writing process and before you even begin to write, that you're kind of moving in the vein of the message that you're writing. So doing social media work, doing um, guest podcasting, guest blogging, really building up your audience so that people will know about who you are, the message that you're telling, and the, they'll be excited about the book when it's ready to release. Um, the other thing that, you know, I've also noticed is, uh, we, we just kind of mentioned this, but authors, people who want to write not being readers, that will never work. The best writers are avid readers. You must be a, you must be reading and reading widely, not only reading um, books within a certain genre, but getting experience with memoir and fiction and getting experience with uh, creative nonfiction um, and, and all various genres so that you can see what's out there. Um, one of the, one of the things that um, kind of is a, uh, it ends up being sort of like an almost immediate pass uh, when it comes to editing and uh, I'm sorry, acquisitions and uh, agent agenting is that I end up seeing authors say my idea is so absolutely unique. Uh, no one has ever written this before. And that when I read that, I almost know right away they've not read very much. They don't know what else is out there. And so it's so you know, um, I think that's in uh, uh, King Solomon said that there's nothing new under the sun Um, Mm -hmm. in book publishing to some degree. That's almost true. So very important for you to know the landscape of publishing as you're writing your book. Um, uh, Another thing, some wanting writing to be easy. Uh, Writing is not necessarily easy. Wanting the writing to just flow uh, nonstop. I want to, you know, some it is possible on some projects, especially when it's something you're very, very familiar with and it doesn't take you a lot to put out. You can write a book very quickly. Uh, We're talking about uh, writing a bestseller in record breaking time. This if you're wanting to do that, you need to be writing on something that you can tell someone to do in your sleep, something that is easy for you, but may be hard for someone else. But there are other projects that require research, that require you really putting in some time. And it may not be easy, but that does not mean you shouldn't do it. Just because it's not easy does not mean you shouldn't do it. So that's another pitfall some uh, new writers will fall into. Another thing is, uh, you know, 
um, using strange and ambiguous names on your so- social media profile or your website address. We really just want to be able to find you, uh, mm-hmm. agents, editors, uh, event coordinators, your readers, your fans. They just want to be able to look you up and find you by yeah. name. So my recommendation there is to use your name um, as all of those handles. And the last thing I'll say is new writers sometimes give up too early. Don't give up. Be persistent. Learn your craft. Get better at it. Seek uh, out accountability and feedback and help and keep pursuing that. If you feel like this is what you are called to do, be persistent and don't give up. That's some good stuff. I tell people you've got to write every day. Yeah. Uh, and, and and practice, practice you know, using different writing styles. And like you said, uh, you know, for new writers, I tell them start with something simple. Yes. Either a simple blog or Facebook. Yeah. And be very specific with the topic. And then my favorite is Twitter. Yeah. Be able to take one concept, 140 140 characters. Now that will train, that, that will discipline your mind all day long. What do you want to say? Yeah. 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 And keep it concise and targeted. Um, I want mm-hmm. to point this out to the writers. Um, there are flash fiction and flash nonfiction activities and groups and things like that that you can find on Twitter that really require you to almost tell a full story in one tweet. And so that is a really great practice to participate in. And uh, even as I think about my writing, you're right, Dr. Trim, I spent um, I had been blogging since 2006. Um, mm, yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah. And so by the time I was thinking about putting a book together, you're talking about you know writing a record breaking, uh, writing a book in record breaking time. If you are practiced in your writing and you have been writing on a similar topic for a long time, um, you should, you can put together a book really quickly. So I was able to pull on my blog articles for some of the books uh, that I have prepared for writing. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That. Here's an, here's another pitfall finding um, an, a, a, just an English major with no writing skills, no book writing skills to edit your book. Oh. Um, because you've got there, there besides oh, yeah. syntax, it's, is structure. I mean, you know, writing a book is a different animal yes. than just writing a paper or writing a thesis in, in, in as much as you're taking the reader on a journey. Yes. So finding a friend, an auntie, a cousin mm-hmm. who's really, really good mm-hmm. at English that yes. can catch typos mm-hmm. uh, is not the same not thing as hiring an editor. Yes. That's you know, because an editor will have skill. Um, and just being an English is just like you were able to say, look, I was an English major, mm-hmm. but it took me 16 years to get some mastery mm-hmm. in the area of writing. And so it's, it's really to acknowledge that you do and you should pay for a good editor. Absolutely. If you don't pay for anything else, pay money for a good editor. And if you don't have all of the resources, financial resources, save up. Yeah. Even if you're self-publishing. And um, another pitfall is to uh, call a journal a book. 
Oh yeah. A personal journal a book, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or to call a booklet, mm-hmm. a book, mm-hmm. a book. Mm-hmm. You've got to, you know, I've seen it with a lot of authors um, that will uh, say, I've got 15,000 words and a beautiful cover. Mm-hmm. That is not a book. It will never stand mm-hmm. um, out there. And then, you know, you're competing every year. Um, a half a million books are flooding. One point five million books are published a year, and it is growing. And it's it's flooding, yeah, flooding, mm-hmm. flooding. Um, and and a quarter of a million of which is United States of America. Mm-hmm. And I meant to say one point five. <laughs> uh, I meant to say one point five, mm-hmm. but a quarter of a million of those are being published in the United States of America. So that'll give an indication of the type of competition in this space. Mm-hmm. It's it's a huge it's a huge a level of competition and for new writers you've got to be able to offer a perspective that is not out there. And remember you're not competing with your cousin or your friend, you're competing with the Dan Browns, you're competing yeah. with the JK Mm-hmm. Rollins. Mm-hmm. You're competing with these great authors that have recognition in the marketplace. And that's what you're trying to get. You're trying to get your readership up. You want people, it's one thing to publish. So you could publish a book all day long. Is After the publishing comes the sale. Mm-hmm. You've got to be a- able to sell the book. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, a publisher cannot guarantee you sales. They can guarantee you publishing. Mm-hmm. And I learned that. Yeah, yeah. You know, publishing is definitely. You've got to sell. Yeah. you got to go out there and you've got to put some traction on some sidewalks. Yeah. Some virtual sidewalks. Absolutely. And you've got to be able to sell that book. Yes. You have to sell it. If not, it's not going to get sold. Yeah. So, all right. Let me ask a couple of other questions. Um if a person wants to connect with you, and there's a lot of people that are online and and, and are going to hear this, um, how can they connect with you? Uh, if they well, want your services. Yeah, so I am available everywhere. Uh, social media, of course, we can connect that way. Uh, Javon Bolden, uh, just Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, t- Tumblr, um, and my website is javonbolden.com. And I do offer uh, coaching sessions, um, consulting sessions. If you want to talk about your book idea and you're still trying to figure things out. Um, uh, I am also, you can also look up emboldenmediagroup.com. That's where all of the publishing services are going to be. So yeah, and you can connect directly on my website. Good, good. I wanted to get that out really (laughs) quick. Now, Here's another question. How do you stay creative and combat distractions? You know, that's discipline. It, I think it really, it, it comes down to you saying, uh, okay, I must do this. So writing does not take place unless you are, you need to still your mind and you need to sit down and write. There are a number of ways that people are writing books because we all uh um, flow different creative differently uh, create when it comes to creative uh, work. Some people absolutely, you know, they they have to be active or they have to move. Um, so always have a pen and paper with you. Um, you know, one of the things I thought it was so cool. Uh, one of my writing friends said, you know, approach the world always 
from the position of being a writer. So you're always thinking like a writer. Every person you meet, every uh, in, uh, event you encounter, you're sort of looking at it from the perspective of a writer. So always have your pen and paper ready. Keep your mind open. Keep your heart open. Um, be sensitive to people's uh, what's moving people, what you see happening. Even now, we're kind of in this um, uh, uh, social distancing, stay-at-home kind of experience. What are some of the things that you're seeing people go through? Be, you know, keep your eyes open and pay attention. Um, one, of course, you want to be reading good books. Uh, you know, some people are inspired by music. Some people are inspired. Like I love being at the beach, create spaces where you can be creative. Um, some like to write and they like to have a candle lit while they're writing, or they want to start with praise and worship, or they want to listen to jazz. They want to, um, you know, go for a run and come back. Um, there's lots of ways to stay creative. Use your, um, Use your phone uh, to record yourself if you're kind of going and you're a speaker more so than a writer. Record some of the inspiration that you have. Um, and I do encourage, like you said, if you can write every day, write every day. There are seasons in life. I'm As a writer, I, I just have to make sure I say this. There are seasons in life where writing is not coming because of, you know, even if you think about um, some of the things we've been facing uh, recently, um, so we're, we're sort of sharing in each other's grief and pain in this season, if we think about that. And everything we do is not always going to be in season. So we're not always going to feel like writing. However, you still keep your spirit open. You still, if you need to journal, journal. Uh, and then you take those journalings. You can, what I do is sometimes I'm journaling my thoughts and my feelings. I'm not actually writing or working on a project, but sometimes there is inspiration in that time. Um, sometimes we look to, we kind of force ourselves to write toward a project. We feel like, okay, I've got to write this. I've got to write that. And if something doesn't come, we feel blocked. Um, and so that's sometimes where writer's block can come in. But I encourage you to use your time uh, of journaling as inspiration. Some of the things that happened to me are I could be just free writing, you know, exploring some feelings or writing out my prayers or thoughts or whatever. And some ideas will come from that. So I'll circle those things. I'll highlight those things. And then the next time I sit down to write for a project, I pull those ideas out and I flesh them out. I may do some research. I may read some things to kind of get juices flowing. I may talk to a friend. I may participate in a webinar or uh, some type of um, uh, workshop. So those are lots of ways to stay engaged, to stay creative, um, just really enjoy, go for a walk. You know, that's another way to stay uh, engaged and creative. That's really good. I mean, you know, that's the whole broad topic of inspiration. So let me ask you a philosophical question. Okay. Where does inspiration come from? Oh, well, I believe inspiration comes from God. Absolutely. And uh, so I that that is the other reason why I wrote the book Pray Here Right, because to me, that exchange between heaven and earth is so important for our creative process. We are we have inherited the creative nature of God. And I feel like as he is the author of that, we seek him for ideas. We can seek him for even strategy. Um, and so, you know, that's that's my ultimate way of engaging that creative process. 
Great, great. So a couple of more questions. Um, let's talk about intellectual property. Okay, sure. Absolutely. How? Here's a question. How do you get permission for citation? And do you need permission or just give originators the credit? So those are two different types of questions. Yeah. And that um, that space is a little, it can be ambiguous. First of all, you should always credit if you're, um, you should always credit information that is not your own. Um, that's across the board. Always give credit. Um, and the way that you do that is uh, by providing uh, either in notes, footnotes, or a bibliography. So you want to make sure that you're putting down the secondary sources that you're using to develop your book. Um, or, or, or your ideas. Uh, when it comes to needing per- permission, if you are quoting uh, lots of material, um, especially when it comes to a book, you will need to get permission from the copyright owner, which sometimes is the publisher. Books that are out of print, usually they're, uh, own, uh, the, um, the rights return to the author. So you'll need to uh, connect with the author. The um, For things like songs and uh, poetry, you're going to most likely always need to get permission, regardless of quoting a line. Um, This so some of the things that um, govern this uh, permissions uh, realm, I guess this whether you whether you get permission or not is is part is part of our U.S. copyright law called fair use, and fair use is really about if you are. Uh, quoting or repeating the essence of a piece, you need to get permission. And so that's why it's like, we can't say word count. If you're quoting this much or that much, it's hard to really say. So it's very important to actually just uh, uh, research the publisher. Sometimes the publisher will have guidelines on there. They'll usually have like a um, uh, permissions uh, request page, something like that. And they usually have guidelines, you know, you don't have to seek permission for if you're, their guidelines will say this, this is not me saying that their guidelines could say something like if you're quoting less than 300 words, you don't need to get permission. Um, but for the most part, it is your due diligence as an author to make sure that you're honoring someone else's uh, intellectual property by either um uh, giving them credit or seeking that permission. And there is sometimes a, a cost for that, uh, especially when it comes to songs and poetry. There are print licenses uh, that usually that can cost, you know, hundreds of dollars to be able to quote uh, that material in a book. So most of the time, I don't recommend that you quote songs or poetry in a book. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. Way. Come yeah. up with your original ideas. <laughs> yeah, that, that's really, really good. The whole idea of copyrights and respecting other people and honoring other people's work is important, yes. um, especially as an author, because, you know, um, if you are an author, you know how much energy yes. and time you have invested in that. And when you honor someone else, you're not just honoring the material that they've worked, you're honoring that person. And you're saying, you know, I respect the energies, the resources, the uh, research that you've done, and I just want to give you your props. And plus for a new writer and a new author, that also gives you credibility because you're able to borrow Mm -hmm. the equity in someone else's brand Mm -hmm. just by citing and quoting. 
Mm -hmm. I heard someone once say, oh, I don't want to read any books in this subject because I don't want to be influenced by someone else's thoughts. But if you learned your ABC, you've already been influenced. It's already too late. Yeah. Yeah. You you, you know, you've you've already been influenced, but this is going to just sharpen your thought processes. It's it's amazing how inspirational uh, reading is to sharpen to sharpen your ability. Yeah. It's like golfers who study other, other golfers yeah. or, or dancers. Are, yeah. And, and, and basketball players, they watch. Yeah. Yeah. Play so, video. You know, all of the greats study the greats. Mm-hmm. So if your author study, the great authors, Shakespeare, mm-hmm. Humes, all the great philosophers, mm-hmm. all of the great um, uh, playwrights. And, you know, I'm always fascinated by rappers. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I listen to how they put words together. together. Yeah. It makes sense. And yeah. it's, it's such a, it's such a amazing gift. Yeah. Um, you know, back to the whole idea of inspiration, inspiration comes from God, but the catalyst, the thing that can peak it, um, is, is always amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I write on everything. So I tell people I write on toilet paper <laughs> just as long as it's got space. Mm-hmm. I have receipts. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here at my desk now and I'm looking at all of the little pieces of paper receipts, mm-hmm. this and that, that I've written on because I get these amazing ideas that I want to capture mm-hmm. or even words, how to put a word, you know, to yeah. structure a simple sentence mm-hmm. to make sentences come to life. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that an author has to do. You have to keep your writing interesting. So you yeah. got to learn figures of speech. Yes. Yes. I mean, basic stuff. And creative so ways of, of putting uh, age old ideas in a new format, in a new way. Yeah. yeah. It's really important. Yeah. yeah. It's like you said, there's nothing new under the sun. No, but there, um, there can be a new way of presenting it. And that, mm-hmm. that's, kind of, that's part of what you're talking about when it comes to even reading widely and taking from other I- people's ideas. I want to just mention the idea that we are a company of writers, a company of scribes, a company of those who are sharing history and passing on the legacy of humanity and the things we're doing are, uh, you know, how we're overcoming even in this season, just different things like that. We're all kind of sharing in this human experience together, but there's no one that can come from your perspective. That is your unique place. That's your unique vantage point. And even as you're kind of maybe looking at something similar to someone else, it can't, it still will be your thing if you make it that way, if you remain authentic to your perspective. You know, and the movie Vantage Point. (laughs) I love, I I, I absolutely love the movie. And, you know, just a bit of transparency. I sat in the movie theater and after about uh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, uh, you know, I was like, I can't believe I wasted my time and my money. (laughs) You know, it's, it's obvious, you know, who killed the president. Right, right. (laughs) <laughs> I saw it with my eye. Right, right, yeah. yeah. But it's interesting, the whole idea of having a vantage point yeah. that we interpret differently. We we not only can see the same thing, but it's how we interpret it. Mm-hmm. And it's all the experiences that we have and the education and our perspective. Once you bring that together, you've got something that's so unique. Yeah. To me, it's like baking. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I have an auntie that can uh, talks about throwing a little of this and a little of that mm-hmm. and a little of the other in. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she makes the most amazing thing. And then I have another sister that measures everything. Mm-hmm. So I took the same measurements. Yes. Mine tastes, <laughs> mine tastes totally different mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's how she stirs it and how, yeah. how when she folds it in mm-hmm. that makes it so unique yeah so we have the same ingredients yeah we've got the letters of the alphabet that's right yeah we've got we've got the words from a dictionary mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. it's how we mix it and fold yeah. it and we put it together yeah. And if we can do that in such a way mm-hmm. that it, it gains the attention of one or two readers, mm-hmm. I often say every reader has at least 72 other people that they influence. Mm-hmm. So there's Very the potential true. that's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you've got the potential. Mm-hmm. And if you say it right and it touches on a heartfelt emotional string on the inside of someone's mm-hmm. soul. Yeah. And it's that's duplicated yeah. over and over again. You got a bestseller. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I wanted I wanted to just say too, there's this other part to what you're saying where, you know, sometimes we're having, sometimes we can't see the value of our vantage point or the absolute uniqueness of the the place that we are entering. Like we have these little spaces of creativity in the world or our space in the world that we're entering into. And sometimes we can't see that as clearly as we want to. And that's where you were mentioning earlier, the value of working with an editor. Um, One of the things that I want to just mention, a great editor will help you find those places of unique uh, creativity, of unique perspective, and help you amplify and find your voice as an author. Um, That's something, you know, if you're finding an editor is, is, is overpowering your voice and changing the way you express, changing the essence of where your, your, your vantage point, then you're, you're not quite working with the right one, but there should be the opportunity that you're finding to work with an editor who can really help hone your voice and to help, uh, help you find that, that, that space that is just uniquely for you uh, when it comes to publishing and writing. And that's why it is very much different than working only with someone with an English degree. Um, it was it, it took me uh, years to be able to do that. I've, of course, I believe, I believe that God has given me a, a special ability, um, just like, you know, many other editors. But the, but it is not the same as being just having an English degree. I learned, exactly. quite a bit, I learned quite a bit working with trends and working with authors to figure out how do I pull that out of this author? How do I help them? Uh, fine tune their message so that their vantage point is clear. So that the unique selling point is amplified and elevated. You know, and that's, so, and, and, and that's a lot of work. That's a lot of hard work. Yeah, it um, is. You know, I, I you know, I, I once had a person to say, look, I'm just writing because this is what God wanted me to do. And I don't care who reads it. Yeah. And I said, well, that's what you call a journal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. don't care who reads it, it's called a personal journal. Yeah. But if 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 you if you if you care about the end user, whoever your end user is, yes, yes. it's like breaking into any industry. You're establishing mm-hmm. a brand as an author. Mm-hmm. So you can be a great speaker and everyone knows you, but when you move into the space of authorship, 
mm-hmm. of um, being a literary um, artist, mm-hmm. then you've got to reestablish your brand yeah. as an author. Yeah. So, you know, we, we have these brilliant, brilliant people uh, in, in, in terms of industry. Mm-hmm. And they may be known in that space. Yes. But when it comes to this literary space, mm-hmm. you have to start at the bottom. Yes. Literally, you start at the bottom. Yeah. But you start with faith. If you have mm-hmm. a message and it's a mm-hmm. heartfelt message and you can you feel like it's it can change people's lives or you can add to, say, the entertainment element mm-hmm. because there are nonfiction writers mm-hmm. that are there for entertainment. And sometimes you're using entertainment to educate. Mm-hmm. Um, but however, however you, 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 um, you want to look at it, every new author has to start at the bottom mm-hmm. and then they rise to the top. Mm-hmm. And you've got to keep writing and writing and believe that what you have to say is worth listening to. And guess what? You know, I, I, I bought this little book. And if I had seen this book on the shelf, I would have walked right by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to necessarily call the name of the book right now. I would have walked right by it because I would have said, oh, I'm not interested in that book. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in the title. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in the book at all. And if I had flipped through it, I definitely would have put it back in, in you know. Mm-hmm. But a friend of mine, said, you've got to read this book. Mm-hmm. You've got to read this book. Mm-hmm. And so when I got the book, it was a small book. Um, it was more of uh, like a fable. Mm-hmm. And I, I picked the book up and I read it and I read it again mm-hmm. and I read it again. And then I went on Amazon and I bought 12 books. Wow. Yeah. And I gave them as gifts. Mm -hmm. I said, you got to read this Mm -hmm. and let's just have coffee and let's talk about Mm -hmm. your journey with this book. And the book takes 20 minutes to read. Wow. 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. But it's one of the best books I've read in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how books are. Someone that may you you may not even know is Mm -hmm. is um, impacted by your writing. Mm-hmm. And they tell five other people, or they're like me, they buy 12 books yeah. and, and they give them to your friends. And because you buy them, you say you were going to read it. You were yeah. not wasting my money. Yeah. Read this book and let's yeah. talk about it. You know? Yeah. And, and, and basically that's how books get sold. It's yeah. word about, and we've got social media mm-hmm. and going back to something that you said, we're talking about pushing a brand. Mm-hmm. You as an author, mm-hmm. and um, and then the big picture is you as a brand, mm-hmm. because you're you're just a name or a face on on, on the cover of the book, mm-hmm. and you need to make sure that you have brand fidelity. Mm-hmm. You you need to make sure you have brand integrity. Mm-hmm. So if you're writing on this, but you're living a different way, mm-hmm. that will also just bring an end to your um, career. As an author. Mm-hmm. So I, I want people to be able to peel the layers back. Yeah. To find the core of you, your mm-hmm. core voice. Where where is this voice coming from? Absolutely. And and you bring that voice out. Mm-hmm. And then you you put pen to paper and you write from a place of integrity. Mm-hmm. If you're writing from a place of integrity. Mm-hmm. And you have brand fidelity, that's your website, your mm-hmm. social media, mm-hmm. uh, who you are as an individual, how you dress, how mm-hmm. you talk. Mm-hmm. And straight across the board, all they see is integrity. 
they will then see you as a person that is credible, mm -hmm. a credible resource mm -hmm. or a credible source mm -hmm. for, and then it's the X, Y, and Z, whatever right. your X, Absolutely. Y, and Z is. Mm -hmm. And that's all people are looking for, a, a credible mm -hmm. source. Mm -hmm. Even when it comes to uh, fiction writers, mm -hmm. uh, nonfiction writer is, is one thing. Fiction writers, they're looking for the same thing. Mm -hmm. They want to know that the author is a credible source yeah. and that they can rely on you and that you're not going to show up, mm -hmm. you know, as a, a, a serial something, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, anything yeah. that you want to throw behind yeah. the serial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but you, you want to do the work. You want to do the personal work. I, mm -hmm. I call it going 12 levels deep mm -hmm. and you want to do the personal work when it comes to your personal brand mm -hmm. and then find your voice, refuse to be, resist the seduction of being a quotation mark mm -hmm. of someone else's voice, mm -hmm. refuse to be an echo, mm -hmm. find your voice mm -hmm. and then build your own platform. If there is no platform that is out there made available, build your own and don't be afraid. Because there's always someone like you that's out there that doesn't have a voice and they will use you as a voice. Mm -hmm. Okay, two more questions. Mm -hmm. We can go on and go on. <laughs> um, Self-publishing. Yes. Uh, pros and cons. Self-publishing and then going through traditional pub publishing. Let's talk about pros and cons. Uh, okay, okay. So self-publishing can be done very well. Um, it's growing significantly. It is creating huge competition for traditional publishing. Uh, authors are able to manage their own inventory, their own income. They, you know, they can publish as well as a publisher does. There can, depending on who you have on what I call your publishing dream team, whoever you employ there, uh, your work can look just like uh, a published author's. It does not have to be different. Um, there are loads of resources, people like me who can do high quality books. Um, so the downside is that everyone can do it. Uh, and so there is a great disparity in quality when it comes to self-published books. There's sort of, when it comes to traditional publishing, there's there are standards, there are very clear standards. Um, there are clear uh, professionals who are, you know, have have the, you know, have their mastery of the thing that they manage from sales, marketing, editorial, um, that kind of thing. And so there's a standard set. Uh, there's also a standard when it comes to platform, like you were just talking, building that brand for traditional publishing. You must have that in order. That must be the case. And yes, even the integrity, even the authenticity of connecting with people on a real level, um, all of that is vetted when it comes to traditional publishing. For self-publishing, it's not so much. Anyone can write a book. Um but I think, you know, the other positive about that is that there's so much room for us to have our voices established. Um, one of the things you mentioned that I thought was so um, important is the idea that you may not be called to reach the masses, millions of people. However, what you write can reach 
the hundreds, the thousands that are necessary who needed your message to go to a next level in life. And those may open up opportunities for you as an independent author, as a published author even, opportunities to speak and to coach, to consult, to do all kinds of things to kind of take you into a larger uh, sphere of life and influence. But, you know, the two, uh, of course, with uh, self-publishing, you are investing in yourself. Uh, You're paying for the editing. You're paying for the book cover designing. And who you choose to work with is completely up to you. So that's why, as Dr. Trim had already said, you should work with a professional editor, someone who, if you don't do anything else, I completely agree. The other thing I think that is com- uh, very important in self-publishing is getting an excellent book cover. You can get an excellent book cover uh, from an excellent freelance uh, book, des- uh, book cover designer. Those are the things that sell your book, that get people's attention. So with traditional publishing, all of that is figured out for you. Uh, you uh, you do not have to invest uh, in your uh, in that, except when it comes to your platform, except when it comes to making sure that you're speaking, making sure that you're communicating your message and your social media pages and so forth. Um, but they will pay, you know, part of their investment, uh, which they do want to make back, uh, is. Um, uh, investing in the editorial, investing in the marketing, investing in the distribution, uh, getting your books into the bookstores, uh, both nationally and internationally. That's the work that a publisher will do for you as they're investing in you. Um, Of course, just like any good business uh, uh, minded person would do, they're investing in people who have who they know they will get the investment back. That's why uh, they want a high return on their investment. Um, so that they can stay profitable and so that the author can stay profitable, making good business decisions. So um, traditional publishing has a lot of those um, standards, a lot of those requirements. Um, so when it comes to uh, self-publishing, a lot of that is moved out of the way. However, your um, responsibility as an author, I believe, is even higher when it comes to self-publishing. You know, make sure that you're looking to write books that really will impact people, that really will uh, meet a felt need, um, and that you are working with high quality uh, book publishing professionals. And there are several lots available right now uh, who are working uh, independently. Yeah. Yeah. So last question. Rights, royalties, advances. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's talk about um, advances. Uh, mm-hmm. So you get a book deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you get a book deal, you know, how do how do does a publisher determine an advance? Oh, so so a publisher will make projections on what they think your book will sell in the first year. Uh, and they will that's sort of how they build their budget. For your book, um, because again, they want to make good business decisions, and they should. Um, so they will determine. We think that the book may sell this much, so we will give the author this much of an advance, knowing that they, of course, will get it back. So you get an advance on royalties, which means you don't actually see a royalties check until you have earned back that advance. The advance. It is literally a sort of like a loan. Um, and so 
a payday advance, uh, if you will. So it's very important that you um, know that you need you are working hard as an author. So once your book comes out, the work is just beginning, really. Um, and so, so yeah, that that's basically how how the advance works. They're giving an advance um, based on what they know they will earn back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Royalties. Okay, what do I need to say about royalties? And just uh, anything you need to, to the okay. author to understand how royalties work. So um, for self-publishing, uh, an author will pretty much, you know, you you earn what the, you know what the price is on the book. For um, traditional pu- traditionally published authors, they are earning a percentage of the retail on the book. And so after the, you know, the printing costs are paid after the discount at the bookstore, after paying the editor and, and, and all of the things and the marketing and the PR and the promotions and all that, then the author gets the net, the net amount off of that book sale. And so each, each unit, each book unit, each individual book has its, has a breakdown. And so the author will get a certain percentage of that retail price. Um, usually uh, for new authors, it could be anything from 12, you know, starting 12, 14, 16% or so, usually 12 or 14% uh, royalty rate. Start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. It could average out to be about a dollar and some change per book sale. Uh, after at the end of the day. So yeah, a, the publisher mm-hmm. takes a, a good chunk out to repay themselves for the work that they're doing on your behalf. Yes, it's net. Net. <laughs> yeah, it's net. So you do okay, to, and if, then, you're, if you're doing traditionally pub, traditional publishing, you really do want to work toward being a bestseller so that you, you know, so that your uh, royalty checks are looking very, very full and, and lovely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Then, the, the you know, talking about rights and buying rights and buying, you know, if you're traditionally published and you write, buy your rights back or you might want to publish in a different language. Mm. Um, let's talk a little bit about that, because um, there are some people that still don't understand that process. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole idea of it being published in Germany, German mm. or in French or Portuguese, anything like that. Yeah. So the um, the publisher, so a, a publisher in Germany, for example, may see yeah. your book and they may want to have it published in their language. So they would approach the the rights person or the foreign foreign rights person in the publishing house that you're if you're a traditionally published author, your publisher, they will contact them. And they will request to have those rights. So they will purchase those rights. And through and so there would be a little a separate contract drawn up and you would earn those royalties from those sales. It's a different rate. It's a different clause, even in the contract when it comes to uh, what what is earned by the author when it comes to foreign rights and foreign sales. So, uh, but, but they have to purchase those rights. The foreign publisher has to purchase those rights in order to be able to publish it in their language and in their com- country. They have their own copyright laws. They have, you know, it's the whole thing. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. Really, uh, being mindful of. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Icing on the cake. So uh, we've talked about a lot and I wish that we had more time and I can't wait to invite you back so that we can continue to excavate the whole topic mm-hmm. of, of writing and, and being a published author, whether it's self-published or traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, one of the things that I wanted to in encourage everyone to do is just write. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, I, one of my favorite authors, one of my favorite authors, and I have a lot, mm-hmm. um, is a, a children's book author. And it ended up being an adult adult book as well, Dr. Seuss. Mm-hmm. And he threw his first book in the garbage. Mm-hmm. See, you know, he really, you know, he got turned down. Mm-hmm. And um, the story has it that his wife scooped it up or, or someone, he mm-hmm. met someone coming back from being turned down. Mm-hmm. And they started a new imprint. And that's how his book um, was um, published. Mm-hmm. But there are so many people who have to knock on the door over and over and over yes. again mm-hmm. and get turned down over and over and over again by a publisher. Mm-hmm. And I think of um, Henson and the book Chicken Soup, the Chicken Soup mm-hmm. for the Soul series. Mm-hmm. And um, his was turned down by many, many publishers. And right down the street from my house is um, Health Communication, which mm-hmm. is uh, w- which was a small publishing house at that mm-hmm. particular time. Uh, took a chance on them, published a book, and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. So just because you get turned down once or twice or three times and someone says, oh, I don't like your book or I'm not looking for um, any uh, author in this particular genre. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't mean that you have a horrible manuscript. Mm -hmm. Uh, It simply means that they, you know, the publisher may not have a space or a need uh, for that particular book, Mm -hmm. but nonetheless, those that want to self-publish, make sure you do the work. Make sure you hire hire the best editor. Yes. Uh, make sure you look at the cover, you know. And yes. I know some people that do bang up jobs. I mean, 99 Designs, they do bang up jobs mm-hmm. with covers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be that they were very inexpensive. <laughs> They're getting more expensive. Yes, now. yes. Uh, but you they started and then they scaled yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So can... they built in the whole idea of scalability. Yes, but, absolutely. But it doesn't matter whether you're a first-time author or you're a sophomoric author or you're a veteran author. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It, you still have to go through the same processes, do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And if you want to write a best-selling book, you write a best-selling book. You put the energy in, right. you put the time in, the research in. Um, you sequest your own self. You build in focus, mm-hmm. discipline, a lot of persistence, read, 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 a lot. But I'm saying in today's modern world, see a book as a business card and a business catalyst. Mm -hmm. See it as both. Mm -hmm. Um, That a book is not the end all. It's the beginning of something, something that can evolve. Uh, You know, nowadays you have books that are turning into blockbusting movies. Mm -hmm. They're turning into plays. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's all the derivatives that come from... Uh, from that, the toys, the clothing. Mm-hmm. And so so when you're thinking of your book, think of it as a business card that gets you somewhere, mm-hmm. into some space, into some conversation. Think yeah. of your book that way. And then secondly, think of it as a business catalyst. Mm-hmm. It's going to bring more business to you. What does that look like? 
I think so start off with get, a vision. You'll also start off with a long-term vision. You also get out of it. You'll get out of it what you put into it. So yeah. if you're not looking at it as a as a business catalyst, as an opportunity for so much more, you're not going to get out of it. You're not going to get out of it. Like, you know, you're not going to get out of it what mm-hmm. you don't invest into it. So, yeah. 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 And so um, we're making available one of my networks, one of my colleagues, and we share the same birthday. So I think yeah. she's an awesome person. <laughs> one in July. Yes. We love gifts. A gift is our love language. It is. July 10th, that is, so July 10th is a global holiday. <laughs> It's an international holiday. Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, you know, here is Javon Bolden. She has a business. She's got skills. She's got talent. I could recommend her. She was my first editor (laughs) of Rules of Engagement book, which is an evergreen book. Yeah. Still selling today. Yes. Yes, Um, God's thumbprint is on it Mm -hmm. and her thumbprint is on it as well. Mm -hmm. And she has a company that you can use for for uh, whether it's editing or whether it is um, pitching your book or helping you to think through or you want to consult with her. Mm-hmm. She, I will highly recommend her. She's true to her word. Um, she's a professional. There's, I've met so many people that I would never recommend to anybody, but I recommend her. She's one of the best in the industry. I want to salute you. Thank you so much. We made it through. We persevered through our little hiccup. (laughs) All of you that are there, um, we want to give you an opportunity. If you have, have a question, I'm looking at, um, Toya. Moffitt, Levi, that's there, Shamalia, Detria, um, Lawanza, that's a pretty name. Um, but if you have any question, um, we're going to be wrapping it up in about two minutes. And if you have a question you would like to ask, um, thank you, Detria, for, for thanking us. <laughs> uh, Detria is thanking both of us. Oh. Thank you so much. Yes. And uh, Levi said, see a book as a business card, absolutely, and a business catalyst. Mm-hmm. You know, think big. Uh, drop your book in into um, a larger vision. And where do you want to go? Where And how can this book take you there? Mm-hmm. If the book cannot take you there and can't get you there, then you don't want to write it. But if it can get you to your next, write the book. Okay. And, uh, you know, while I'm at it, let's talk about Vanity Press, too. Oh, We can hire a publishing company, but pay them. You can. You can. Um, and I think, you know, that's, I don't know, I would not claim to have any expertise outside of the fact that I do provide services. However, I do not, uh, it's all work for hire. The work that I do, for on behalf mm-hmm. of the author is all work for hire. You own everything. It's all yours. Um, I don't have a lot of experience when it comes to vanity presses because my experience uh, uh, to even get to where I am was in traditional publishing. Mm-hmm. I've heard that authors should be aware of working with some, uh, make sure that they have a good track record, you know, just like you would work with any other professional. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I absolutely believe in, getting a team around you that can help you be better than you can make yourself. I think that we Mm -hmm. all can really contribute to each other's success in that way. So if there is a company that has 
high integrity that will help you get your book done, get it done well and help you market it or whatever you need, you should do it. However, I don't, I would not be able to say, watch out for this company or that company. And I know that sometimes vanity presses, when people hear that there's a little bit of a stigma. However, there are people doing fantastic work who have great hearts for authors that are doing really mm-hmm. good uh, in that field. So, yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Let's see. This is great information. I focus on writing books for others, but I need, but I need the information provided tonight. That's very good. Uh, Zing, uh, Zinga Jackson. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thank you. Um, I honestly prefer self-publishing and uh, you gain more of the royalties. Great and looking wonderful. All right. Thanks everybody. Uh, any last words? And please give everyone uh, your information on how they can connect with you. Absolutely. So um, reach out to me at JavonBolden.com. You can follow me on Facebook. I'm uh, Javon Bolden, editor, writer, literary agent. I have a Facebook page. Um, also, you can connect with my company and Bolden Media Group. We're, we're in social media as well. Um, and I, oh, I also want to mention, I have a writing community where I actually coach writers, do group coaching, and I do uh, monthly one-on-one coaching with authors. Um, we're about to head right into a seven-day challenge. They don't know this yet. This is first news right now. We're headed into a seven-day writing challenge to help them uh, write uh, content for their memoirs. We have several authors in our group who are writing their own story and we want to do it the right way. So I have a workshop coming up with one of my favorite author friends. Uh, She's a fantastic writer. She's going to do a workshop for us on memoir writing. And so we do that once a month in NUMA Writers and uh, well, more than once a month. It just depends on whatever is available. We have a great lineup this year. So I also wanted to mention NUMA Writers, P-N-E-U-M-A Writers.com. So, yeah. Wonderful. (laughs) Well, thanks once again. It's been such a pleasure to do life with you. Those of you that are sequestered or quarantined, be safe, be happy, be healthy, and be blessed. Until we meet again, God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.